0: Again, we're so glad for each of you that are here, so honored, so honored to have Brother and Sister Stuart here, and uh, really appreciate them very much. Now, Brother Stuart, Brother Stuart was already pastoring uh, before he ever came to the church in Balt Springs, and uh, he was kind of between assignments, I guess is what you'd say, and, and uh, he he started going there to the church uh, to Greater Apostolic Tabernacle, and that was after I had already gone on, and so I didn't have the opportunity to really get to know him really, really well, but uh, we've been able to, to develop that friendship and that acquaintance more through the years, and uh, I have come to love and appreciate him and what he stands for, and his friendship, glad that his wife was able to be with us as well. We're just honored to have the stewards here. I mean that. And I want him just to take his liberty today. I want him to preach to me. I came to this meeting hungry. I want to hear from the Lord today. Amen. I want God to talk to me today. Amen. Brother Stewart, there are no fetters on this pulpit. You just obey the Holy Ghost, my friend. God bless you. Come and take your liberty.
1: All right, it's like me. It's in time delay. <laughs> Everybody say praise the Lord. Oh, I like what I feel here this morning. Amen. I feel the presence of the Lord I'm with people that love God. I'm with a worshiping church, a praying church, with brethren of the gospel that love this message. What more could you ask for? Amen. We're blessed. Amen. If you're in a place that preaches holiness and godliness, and separation from the world, you're in the right place. Oh, I like what I feel here today. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Amen. I appreciate you singing them old songs, brother. That's that's my kind of singing. And I know we uh, you go to different places, and you got a lot of hoopla about it. But, you know, the thing about it is people, you know, younger people, they say, oh, we're tired of them old songs. Well, they're new to them. <laughs> they're new to people that comes out of the world like it was to you and I. Amen. Give them about 20, 30 years and then they might get old. <laughs> Amen. But until then, just enjoy the good presence of the Lord. Amen. I want to say that I'm very appreciative and very grateful for the invitation to be here today and in, in this week. I uh, appreciate Brother Riggins calling and uh, giving me this invitation. And um, and this is a, an expensive occasion. This is To have a meeting like this is not cheap. It costs a lot of money. And I know you are aware of that. I don't know anything about how you fund funding this. It's not my business, but uh, I don't know if the church is giving, if you're working or whatever, but whatever you're doing, I want you to know that I'm thankful and I'm appreciative, and I count it a very important um, obligation on my part. You've, you've invested into this meeting, and I'm not here this morning just to give you empty words, but I've prayed about this, I've fasted about this, I've sought the face of God, and And uh, it's important and it's imperative that every time we come to the house of God that we find the will of God for that service. It's not just a social event. Amen. I'm so thankful for, uh, like Brother Riggins said about the day, I'm glad we're not uh, having to go to Brush Arbors, although I've been to them and I enjoyed them. And uh, we've had tent meetings in modern day. And we enjoyed that and had a move of God. And uh, we had—I know we—we had a tent revival when we were in uh, Kaufman, Texas, a few years ago. And after we gave the church up, uh, there was people we would meet around town, and and other people, uh, they would say, "Oh yeah, I remember sitting on the front porch and listening to that church have church." Amen. That's a good feeling when you carry the gospel outside these four walls. Amen. Oh, God, give us a burden. Give us a vision. Give us a love. Give us a desire to reach the lost. Amen. And not be so self-centered and so selfish with just uh, me, my four, and no more and coming into the sanctuary and keep it here. But I want to go forth into the world and be a light and be a witness. Amen. I was talking to these two young men, Chase and Miguel, before service this morning and they made Mention of their desire to know more about God. They're in the right place. Amen. They're in the right place. Amen. You know, it, and it don't just happen. You young men, uh, listen to this old man this morning. It don't just happen. You have to work at it. The devil will do everything he can to throw obstacles up against you and in your way to keep you out of the house of God. But if you'll make up your mind every time the doors are open, I'm going to get myself ready. And go to the house of the Lord. And your soul will be fed. And you will be blessed. And God will meet the needs in your life. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost here this morning. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you saints of God for praying. Thank you for worshiping. And making this atmosphere possible. Praise God. It's an atmosphere here today. that. Does it come cheap, and you don't find it everywhere you go? But there's been some efforts put into this. There's been some prayers. There's been some sacrifice. There's been some some burdens, Amen. That's been put into these services, and we're reaping the benefits of that today. And I want to say thank you so much, thank you, Elder, Amen, for putting this on and having this. And uh, I'm very, I'm very grateful and very honored this morning. Praise God. Now I'm just an old country boy and I know I dress up but um, if you see all the time you'll find out that I'm nothing but an old country boy. Now you city folks may not understand much about that but it's a good life. Amen. We live out in the woods uh, I'm not a, well I just say we live out in the woods and we like it. We got just a little over two acres and About the 45 feet of the outside perimeter, we're letting the the woods grow. And we got about an acre and a half inside, just clean, cut, mowed. And and we sit on the front porch and nobody can't see us. Amen. We love it. Amen. We love living for God. Amen. It's a beautiful day to be able to feel the presence of the Lord and serve the Lord today. What a joy it is. Amen. I want everybody here today just to do what you always do when you're in regular church. Just have church. Amen. Just obey the Lord. Just surrender to the Holy Ghost. Amen. We got people that need the Holy Ghost. We got people that need a renewing, that need a restoration. I need a renewing. Amen. I need a fresh touch from heaven today. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, when I was younger, I used to preach a long time now when the water runs out I'll stop preaching so <laughs> <in the room. laughs> well I'll say it like this then when I was younger I would preach a long time and didn't give much pay much attention to the clock and to time <clears throat> And so I would go a long time so somebody said well why don't you just get a mint put the mint in your mouth and when the mint's gone it's time to stop preaching I said well that works pretty good. So I tried that, but one day I accidentally took a button out of my pocket and I preached for three hours. So even though that's not the truth. <laughs> but sounds good. <laughs> but I don't have a button in my mouth today. So I'm cognizant of time and uh I don't know what your plans are, but uh I didn't eat this morning. Of course I'm not starving right now, to be honest with you. But uh there's nothing standing between you and a good meal and a big old 200 pounds of bologna. So uh, help me today, will you? Amen. I want the Lord to have his way and to reach into our hearts. Amen. And I, I'll confess this morning. I told Brother Newlish that, and I think maybe Brother uh, Daniels last night, we got to talking about Brother Verbal Bean. I was blessed uh, to grow up. We were, our church was 15 miles from his church. Our young people fellowshiped him. He preached for Highlands, Brother Jackson, and they would swap out. But I can remember I, I was blessed to go the last year that Brother Bean had his ministerial school. They wouldn't let you go if you were in high school. And so I was in high school, but I graduated, and he had six weeks of his ministerial school left. You said take my time. so so, uh, so I was able to go. And um, I remember him telling us he, he Brother Bean himself taught two weeks on finding the will of God. One week he taught on finding the will of God in your life, and the other week he taught on finding the will of God in a service. And you may think that well, you know, it's nothing to have church. You just we just open the doors and pray and sing and and uh, we have church. But it's there's a lot more to it than that. There should be. Amen. There should be when the men of God spend some time and some effort and seek in the face of God because I'm flesh. I'm human. I don't know your needs. I'm just human. But God knows. And so when we seek through prayer and and studying the Word and seeking the mind of God for service, it's important to have the right Word, the right food for every soul. It's amazing how that God can, can meet so many needs. In one service, in one sermon, in one preacher, amen. But God can do that, especially if we seek His face, amen. I remember Brother Bean saying that in a service that he has uh, changed his mind. He said he's the way he put it was he went down five different channels in finding the man of uh, the mind of God. Now that's a scary thing when you think about it. But I, I'll be honest with you, uh, I appreciate the time that Brother Riggin gave me to prepare for this service, amen, but I've been down at least five channels, brother, amen, and you want the right word, amen, like I said, you, you have paid and invested in this service, these services and you deserve the best. Amen, and I believe this man has sought to it to get the best. Not in me, I'm the least. I I promise you, I'm not just trying to use humble words today. But I know that in this flesh is no good thing. Amen, that doesn't mean I'm living in sin. It just means that I have to work for everything I get. Things don't come easy for me. Amen, preaching don't come easy for me. I love it, but it doesn't come easy because I know the importance of it. Amen. I know that there's souls at stake and there's things that you individually go through and you're facing things in your life right now and you're having decisions to make and you're hungry and you want something from God and it's important that God meets your need. I don't know those sayings. I don't know what you face, but God does. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're up against, but God knows. Amen. And so I trust today that the Word, the The thought that I have today that it's the perfect will of God, I feel like that it is. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalms chapter 92 and verse 10. Psalms 92 and verse 10, but my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. God bless you and you can be seated. Then I want to turn to Hebrews chapter 1 verse 10 and 11. Hebrews chapter 1. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They shall perish, but thou remainest. And they all shall wax old as Doth a garment. Amen. I want to talk um, to the whole congregation today. And by saying that, I mean there's people that have walked with God for many years. You've had the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And then they're on the other end of the spectrum, there's people that haven't yet attained the Holy Ghost. And they're hungry and they're searching and they're looking for it. And they're they're desiring God to move in their life, and so I want to talk about the journey uh, of salvation. Salvation's a journey. I've lived a long time. I received the Holy Ghost in 1965, and that doesn't give me any, any, uh, what's the word, Um, anything over you. (laughs) I want to say this. Sometimes you you might see me struggle a little bit with words. In uh, 2017, I had a, a bad stroke, and uh, I just lost it all, I thought it was just a light stroke, and I told the doctor, and they, they did surgery on me, and they had carotid artery, is blocked, and so sometimes I forget things, and sometimes I struggle with words, and, uh, but we'll get through it, yeah. amen, I don't have the, I don't have quite the ump I used to have, but God's still good to me, yeah. amen, I'm, so I'm, I'm here, <laughs> Amen. until He takes me on, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to pull no punches. I'm not going to worry about it. I told my wife and daughters, I said, you know what? I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to worry about not doing anything because I had the stroke. I'm going to live. I'm going to enjoy life. Amen. And I believe that's the way the Lord wants us to because we don't know when we're going to leave here anyway. Amen. So I want to give Him my best and um, I want to to uh, start out this morning, with talking about the second law of thermodynamics, and uh, it, what that simply means is everything tends to go towards a disorder. Yeah, Amen. And we are living proof of that. I look at some of these young men here, Miguel and Chase today, and these young men here, I don't know their name, but thank God they're living for God and they got their priorities right. Amen. But when they reach my age, when they reach this point in life, they will learn the law of thermodynamics that things just don't always go right and things wear out and things get old and you run out of breath and you run out of energy and you run out of everything. But I learned this also that if I give God my best, He always blesses it. Amen. You may feel like you're inadequate and incapable of doing a lot of things, but if you'll give God your best... That's the reason we come to church early and pray. is to get our house in order and to get things right in our life. It's not just a ritual that we go through, but it's somehow that we may get the mind of God and the glory of God and get the glory and get ourselves ready to receive the Word of God and the visitation of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's not just something. You young men, you learn young in life. It's important to be in church and prayerful and, and seeking God and, and and asking the man of God, just preach to me. I remember as a young man, thank God I was raised in the church. I wasn't in the world and then got in the church, but I was still a sinner. I still needed God. Amen. And I remember many times uh, uh, going to my pastor and and uh, I'm blessed. When my pastor's still alive today. I know I made that statement one time, and people kind of made fun of me. But I'm I'm thankful at my age to have a living pastor, <laughs> Amen. And a fiery pastor, and a great pastor, Amen. But I can remember many times telling him preach to me. You know why? Because I want to be saved, and I still I want these men that are. Uh, I, I appreciate the message last night. Oh, it stirred my heart so much, and And I had to really fight today going down the the channel that Brother Dooley started last night. I said, no, that's his message. He preached that. We're going to leave it alone. Amen. But we got some men coming tonight and tomorrow. Amen. And I want them to preach to me and to feed my soul. Because above all else, I must be saved. Amen. If we live like that, if we practice that, if we embrace that, God will do great things in our life. Amen. And so, I'll just tell you from experience that uh, as much desire as we have to, to to do the things that we used to do when we were young. The way uh, I was singing and I was getting out of breath a little bit. And I said, wait a minute. <laughs> this is not right. Amen. Singing these old songs and kind of getting a little short of breath. Amen. But it happens that way because that's the way life is. And so... You're here today, and some of you are just now imparting on a journey. You're just now getting started. But I want to encourage you to give it your best. Amen. If you'll put your heart into it, God will do great things in your life. Amen. And so, if we let things leave things to itself, an isolated system tends toward the state of maximum disorder. You know, if you don't mow the grass, it won't be long that you can't see over it. You have to get up on the porch to see the front gate. (laughs) Amen. Because if you just leave things to itself. Now, I'm going to talk about some natural things, some physical things for a little bit. But just be patient with me. We'll get to the most important part. Amen. The spiritual part. Amen. If we don't... uh, If we don't change oil in our car, amen, you don't have to worry about driving it very long. You'll realize you've messed up. If the idiot light don't come on or the gauge don't get you, amen, you keep driving it. Then when it goes to knocking, it's usually too late, amen, but it'll happen like that. And so I've learned the importance, thank God I've never let that happen, but I've learned the importance of taking care of things, taking care of business, and and uh, you know keeping the oil change, and and uh, and it's so important. And and I, I learned a long time ago. Of course, uh, it, my in, by inheritance, uh, my natural teeth were just they were real brittle and they would break. And and I did the best I could. I brushed them, I cleaned them, but I still lost them. But if you don't take care of your teeth, there's the sugars and the carbohydrates and acids get on them, and they eat the enamel off, and, and before you know it, uh, your teeth fall out of your head, and then you, you're in trouble. <laughs> Amen. But there's a lot of things that happen in life, and and uh, they will deteriorate, and your body will fall apart if we if we don't take care of it. And, and if we don't take care of our home and don't keep it painted and don't keep... Uh, it in good shape the termites will slip in from underground and they'll destroy it and they'll they'll deteriorate and you'll wake up one day with holes in the floor and holes in the wall and and uh, the wood being eat up and And uh, things of that sort. It's just important that we take care of things. And we do maintenance on the things that God has blessed us with. But the most important thing in our life is to do maintenance on spiritual things. On our soul. Amen. There needs to be times that we... We take the time to do some maintenance, and, and by, by that I mean that we come to the house of God and we, we pray at home and we read the word, and we come to church and we pray and we listen to the preached word of God. And, and uh, so, we must it's so important that we guard against the deterioration in our walk with God. If we don't do some spiritual maintenance in our life. Our, our walk with God begins to wane, old, and it begins to it begins to deteriorate, and we begin to lose some of the fire and the zeal that God once gave us, and we once was full of the Holy Ghost. But it takes effort, and it takes energy, and it takes determination to stay focused on living for God. It's not something that just happens so easy, Amen. It's something that you got to work at. I've had the Holy Ghost. Uh, 56 years, uh, almost 57 years, and and I still have to work at being saved. Amen. I can't just relax, Brother Riggin, and say, well, I've arrived. I've made it. Here I am. But, oh, the devil never gives up. Uh, And there's people here that's older than me and had the Holy Ghost no doubt longer. But they can tell you the devil never gives up. My father just passed away few months ago he was 89 years old and he told me those words he said son he said the battle's never over said, it's always you gotta you gotta live for God you gotta make up your mind you gotta be determined Amen. The Bible talks about the accuser of the brethren. There's not a person here that there's not an accuser that goes before God and he tries to destroy you. He wants to interfere with your walk with God and he'll send every every excuse me every trial and he'll send every uh, temptation and every struggle and every pitfall and every trap that he can conjure up in, to, in order to keep you out of church and to, you, for you to lose your soul. But the scripture said, when God said, My grace is sufficient, you can count on that. Amen. You can depend on that. The grace of God will see us through. It doesn't matter what storm we go through, it doesn't matter what trial we face, it doesn't matter what we come up against. Amen. God's grace is sufficient and He will help us, He will help you. Amen. And you know the beautiful thing about living for God? Amen. Is that when you sin, and there's not a person here that don't sin at times, and when you sin and you struggle and you fail, you can go to God and He will forgive you. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and repent of their sins. Let me tell you, when you fail, God, keep a repentant spirit. Go to God and repent of your sin. And God is faithful and just to forgive you. Amen. Maybe you've done some horrible things. Maybe you've lived a horrible lifestyle. It doesn't matter. Amen. If you'll repent. Now you've got to repent. We've got to live a repentant life. You know, there's a lot of people that think, I'm on my way to getting through. We've got to realize that There's people that think, well, just uh, someone mentioned it. I don't know if it was here or where it was, but um, I'm having one of them moments. (laughs) But he was talking about, uh, I think it was you, Brother Reagan, was talking about, uh, what do you call it when we're destined, predestination? Yeah. Uh, It takes me a little bit, but I'll get there. (laughs) Amen. But. Uh, Some people think, well, you know what? I don't have to do anything. God loves me and I'm going to be saved. It don't work that way. He said without repentance, amen, without forgiveness, there's no remission of sin. We must be born to the water and the Spirit. If we're going to make heaven our home, we've got to be be baptized in the lovely name of Jesus. We've got to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost by by speaking in other tongues. And we shall be saved. I don't care what denominationalism tells you. I don't care what the world tells you. If we don't repent, if we if not the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we won't be saved. But I'm telling you today, if you'll find you an altar, and you make it a faithful place in your life, and you live a repentant life, Paul said, I die daily. There's things we need to repent of. You don't hear repentance preached much anymore. I'm sorry to say, but even in apostolic churches, they want people just to feel good. You can't get salvation by feelings. God bless you. You can be seated. One thing that really bothers me especially in an apostolic church is to see people come out of the world the the people when they come out of the world they're hungry they want to hear something from God they want to hear what the plan of salvation is they want to know how to live and how to be saved they've been sitting in a church for two or three years and never heard that it's wrong not to paint your toenails or your fingernails or wear your ear bobs and your jewelry and and you don't worry about it. It's sad when the pre- apostolic preacher gets up and says you need to turn the television off sometimes. oh Hello, what you doing there? Well, that's not my job today. <laughs> I really didn't intend to say that. But I want to say this. You're in the right place today to hear this. To hear the truth. Not every place do they get to hear the truth. Not every. You know why? Because most places, the pastor's afraid he'll lose his salary. Or, you know, you know, let them come and and you know, I believe in helping people every way we can. I got, I'm getting old. I got to be careful here. But when people come out of the world, they need to hear how to live for God, how to be a Christian. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know what we do and don't do. They don't know why, that there's a, 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 an important way to approach God. You don't just ship shod come in and say, yeah, Here I am, Jesus. I showed up. You're lucky. If I wouldn't have run out of beer, I wouldn't have been here. Or if my girlfriend would have come over, I wouldn't have been here. I'm just, I'm not a mean person. I'm really not. I believe it's important that as Christians we have balance in our life. I believe that the saints of God have and need balance and that the ministry certainly needs a balance. And it's important. And that's what church is all about. We come, uh, you you know, if we didn't need church, if we didn't need the Holy Ghost, if we didn't need Bible teaching, we wouldn't even need church at all. But even if you've lived for God a long time, Elder, I need preaching. I need preaching. This flesh sometimes needs to it needs some help. It needs some spiritual leadership and guidance. Amen. To help me to walk the straight and narrow. My attitude don't always stay right. I struggle with it sometimes. That's the reason I find myself going to the house of God, because I know that's a good place to get balance. Amen. That's a good place to get your equilibrium straightened out and get your your relationship with life and your relationship with your family. amen working right because the man of God sometimes just has the right word. I thought of what brother was preaching last night about romance. Christians need romance <laughs> and sometimes we need balance on it. I had a man one time. When I was pastoring in he came to church and he said, "Pastor, he said, I'm losing my love for my wife." And he was like 24
0: years old,
1: you know. <laughs> He's already losing his love for his wife and his family. Of course, he started early at 24. I think he had four or five kids. <laughs> but uh, I said, "No." You hadn't lost your love. I said, You just need to stir up the romance. And that, you know, just like the natural, that goes with the spiritual. On the natural part, if we don't do things to keep our relationship with our children and our wives, our husbands, if we don't do things to keep a balance there, you know, when we were courting and dating our spouse today, there were things that we would say, whether you were a lady or a man, there were things you would say that just built to that relationship. It built that love. And, and the more you talked and the more time you spent together, the more you wanted to be with one another. And so you learn how to say the right things and you learn how to do the right things when you learn what the one you was trying to woo when you... Learn what to do to win them over. And after a while, if you're not careful, after marriage, after a few years, you don't do those things anymore and it becomes stale. It becomes old. It loses its freshness. You need to stir up the romance. Amen. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Men need attention. Women need attention. They need love. They need you know, you can't just get married and tell them you love them the day you married them and never say again and expect them to be around. <laughs> if you don't renew that love, it's gonna they're gonna begin to wonder. Amen. And so it is in living for God. When we come to the Lord out of the world, we're just been in sin and been weighted down and been tired and weary of the things of life and and we ask God to forgive us and to save us and to help us. And, and we tell Him how much we love Him. And we raise our hands and we sing the songs of Zion. And we worship and we put our heart into it and we don't hold anything back. But if we're not careful after a few years thinking that we've arrived and we have done so well and we become so good at this and, and we lose the relationship because we don't have the romance with God that we once had. We don't whisper in his ear, I love you. We don't crawl in his lap, up in his lap, and throw our arms around him and draw him near and tell him, God, I love you. Hold my hand. Help me to live for you. Help me to be faithful. What a beauty it is. We've been married almost 47 years. And I love it when my wife comes and just out of nowhere tells me I love you. She calls me her hunk. We're going to leave it at that. (laughs) My hunk. (laughs) Amen. And it may seem silly to you but to an old man it sounds pretty good. (laughs) You'll get there someday. Just be patient. You young ladies that hadn't Hadn't yet uh, embarked on a beautiful experience. And, and let me say this. Let me just stop and say this. And 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 this is, um, and I'm going to say this, and what I say is not as important as what your pastor teaches and preaches. Right. And you'll have visiting ministers sometimes come through, and they mean well. They don't mean anything wrong, but... Maybe there's a certain teaching that he's trying to lead this congregation, this flock that God's put him, the shepherd, over. And so he's the one that has to give account, not me, not any visiting preacher. We don't have to give account for your soul. But the pastor does, so what he teaches is what goes, always. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But uh, back when we were courting, we were dating, it was... um, I didn't, certainly didn't plan to say this. Got to get a drink on that. But uh, it's water. <laughs> but my wife and I, we dated for one year, lacking one day from being a year. Our first date was August the 10th, and we got married on August the 9th, the next August the 9th. So my pastor talked. At that time, I hope he still does. I'm not. I'm not going to question. But he said that he taught on courtship and how dating the dangers of it, the pitfalls. He taught how he taught us that we're not to kiss. Now, can you imagine dating a girl or a guy for one year and never kissing her or him? Now, just don't say nothing. Nobody say nothing. You give yourself away, <laughs> and then it doesn't make me a better person. But it has made a better marriage, I believe. We never held hands. And it doesn't take that to, to find the right one. But now if that's what you want to do, that's up to you. <laughs> but what worked for me was I refrained, we refrained in our courtship. And because of that, I believe God has honored us with three beautiful daughters. Two of them's not in church today. But when they were at home, when they were in our house, you could hear them praying at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. They fasted every week. They just, they live for God. They love God. They love this truth. And since they got on their own, you know, I'm not their ruler anymore. I I pray for them. I love them. I stand for what I've always stood but I don't go around preaching to them when they come over. They're doing things they shouldn't do. They're dressing worldly and ungodly, and it tears, it'll rip your heart out. If you've never gone through it, you won't know what I'm talking about. But, but there's, some, there's some of these things that happen, and I believe that, that if we love God and we keep our relationship and our walk with Him, He will help us through these times. And our, our hope and our dream. Is it someday before God comes back? And I don't believe that's very long. But somehow they'll find their way back to God. And you know, every one of us here, we go through dry spells. I don't care who you are. Elijah went through, Paul, every, every man in the, Noah, every man, every leader that God had in the Word, they went through some dry spells. And you and I, and that's no... Uh, that doesn't mean anything bad about us. It's life. It's human nature. Sometimes we get discouraged. Sometimes, sometimes we fight depression. And we, we, we're not the person. We're not doing the things that, I mean, and, and listen, listen to this. You can be on cloud nine today and everything can be going great. The church is on fire. The church is having revival. You're having revival. Your family's going good. And you wake up in the morning and it's upside down. We don't throw in the towel. No, it's a dry spell. It's a dry season. Sometimes we have to walk through those times. But, saint of God, just make up your mind that I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to go to the house of God, and I'm going to pray and read my Bible, and God is going to strengthen me. It's going to happen. If it ain't happened, hold on, it will. But you know what? His grace is sufficient. You can live for God. Amen. What a beauty it is to live for God and to serve God. What a joy it is, young people. Amen. You'll be tested and tried at school, and you'll be tempted, and you'll be, uh, you'll be discouraged, but just live on. Live on. Live for God. Through eternity, I'll live on when my body's slumbering in the cold cold. Play. i live on. Yes, I'll live on. Are you going to live on today? Thank God, it's services like this. It makes us be able to live on. Amen. Brother Mullins, you've lived a long time, and because of the grace of God, you can live on today. Amen. I was sitting here last night praying, and, Brother, I'm sorry, I don't know your name, but I respect you. Amen. You were praying, and I was listening to you pray, and it encouraged me. It strengthened me, Amen. You never know what what the life that you're living and what you're going through, how that it can be a blessing to somebody else. It may be a struggle for you, but if you'll just be faithful to God and make up your mind that you're going to serve Him, you can be a a blessing to somebody else, Amen. Oh, I totally got totally got off from of what I was going to preach today, Amen. I don't, Amen. I'll I don't have a mint, so we'll just go with a clock. Amen. I guess I'm winding this thing down. Praise God. I'm enjoying myself. Thank you. I enjoy it. I feel what I like feeling. I appreciate your response. And you, you musicians, you can come on, whoever's gonna come on. But when you respond to the spirit of God. In the moving of a service. You see, there's keys to a service. Not every service is cut and dry. Not every service is going to be the same. But we all play an important part in every service. And sometimes God uses you individually as a key to a service. The service can be tight. The service can be bound. It can be dead. Amen. But if someone has, and that's another reason it's important to pray before church, is that we get ourselves sensitive to the Spirit of God. And and somewhere in the service it could be bound up. The doors could be tightly closed. But God can use you to unlock the door. So that he can have his way. Amen. And it's important sometimes when you see the man of God preaching and struggling. And, and uh, pray under your breath for him. God anoint him. Help him. Give him the right words. Give him strength. Because you see, this man is going to help your children some, someday if God tarries. He's going to help your children be saved. Someday there's going to be a problem in in your marriage, and you're going to need somebody that's sensitive to God. You're going to need somebody with an answer, somebody that knows the right thing to say. And because when you pray in the service for the Lord to give the pastor the, the right words to say, when he begins to preach the Word of God... Amen. He can have the right thing to say because maybe you're the key that unlocked the door. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of needs here today, there's a lot of struggles in life. But I promise you, if you'll you, you pray and be sensitive and ask God, Lord, help me to be sensitive to your spirit. It's important. We're not just coming just to have church. This is not just to have meetings. This is to better prepare us to be saints of God and men of God and soldiers of the cross. Amen. This is services to prepare us for obstacles and trials and tribulations in our life. You may not need some of the things that's preached today, but hold on. Because you will need it before long. Amen. You may be hunky dory today. and Everything's great and everything's fine. The, the bills are paid. The car's running good. The washing machine's working in appliances. And all the other appliances are working. Amen. But they may not tomorrow. You may get down. You're trying your best. Man, I'm paying my tithe. I'm giving in the offering. I'm working around the church. God, why has all this got to happen to me? Because sometimes we go through dry spells amen but the beautiful thing is the closer we get to God the more sensitive to the Holy Ghost I remember one thing uh, brother Daniels you and I was talking last night and, I, and forgive me if I'm mentioning this too much I didn't intend today in preparation to say all of this But I remember Brother Bean teaching us, and and I remember him coming and preaching at our church. And and that's not to take away at all from my pastor, because he was the most balanced man that I know. Prayerful, wisdom. I mean, as a young man, I was 15, he was 31 when he became my pastor. But at 31 years old, he was so wise. And he's 80 years old today, and he's still wise. But I can remember Brother Bean saying that feeling after the Spirit. When we come to church, when we come to the sanctuary, we need to feel after God. We need to get our, he he referred to spiritual feelers. Of course, he always used his hands, fingers. That's what we think about feeling. You can feel better with your fingers than you can your elbow. <laughs> the elbow may hurt, but you can't tell if it... Anyway. And so, he would talk about the importance of spiritual feelers. And that's what pastors do when they are preparing for a service. They're trying to get the mind of God, the moving of the Spirit. Every service is different but God's got a plan and a purpose for every service. You may be here this morning and you may think, you know, I'm no good. God couldn't use me. But yeah, if He can use me, He can use you. He called me out of a world of darkness. Even though I was raised in the church, I was lost. And I learned as a young, young lad to reach after God. And to pray and ask him, God, do you know what I need better than I know myself? I don't always know what I need. Sometimes I think that I have the answer, the solution to things. But later I realize I didn't have the answer. I needed God to work in my life. I needed the preached word to help me and to bring balance into my life. And to bring direction into my life. And to bring some answers. Even as a young person, I learned very young at a very young age to call on God and to desire. And if you'll get those habits early in your life, because there'll come a day, it doesn't matter how old you get, that you have to even work on those habits again. You have to renew them. Here, here recently I caught myself praying. I remember when the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. There were some things he took from me. And they started rising up in my life again. And I prayed this prayer. I said, God, I remember the day that you took this away from me and you delivered me from that and this attitude and this temper and this whatever. And I said, God, I need it again. I need a a renewing. I need a restoring. I need a, what's the word you use? Support, uh, supporting. I need some new support. 66 years old. I still need God. I still need the Holy Ghost. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Could we stand? God bless you. I pray that, You've been such a beautiful audience. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Amen. You know what? I believe you we'll do this all good just to come around the front. Let's come around the front if you want to kneel, if you want to stand and pray. Maybe put your hand on somebody's shoulder if it's appropriate and pray with them. And ask God to give you what you need before we leave here today. He's he's ready. He's got His arms stretched out. He's reaching for you and I today. His glory is in the house today.